Hey everyone, it's John. Um, the Bop Squad just wanted to let all of you know um, how much we appreciate you listening to a, the podcast. Um, hopefully you are getting a lot of um, new intriguing ideas and some inspiration and um, just good content from our podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Um, there are different levels, whether that's a one-time gift or a monthly contribution, and the different levels have different perks associated with them, um, like early released episodes or some merchandise. Speaking of, you can go over to the Bop Shop at clinicalpopulations.threadless.com to check out some of our merch, which also is a way for you to support us. Um, I own two of our shirts, and they are my favorite shirts um, out of my wardrobe. They are so comfortable and soft and stylish, if I do say so myself. So um, consider checking out some of our merch. It really is good quality stuff. Um, all right, now to the show. Clinical. Bop. Clinical. Bop. Yeah. <laughs> Clinical. Population. Clinical. Population. Population. Clinical. Population. Hello, everybody. My name is Gabby. I'm Allison. I'm Grant. And welcome to Clinical Populations. Introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy. And today we have a special guest who we featured uh, two years ago, season two, um, with his song Miles. And today he is bringing a new song he just released. We, today we have Andrew Bloom. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, it's great to actually have a conversation with you this time because I think last time we just listened to your song and talked about it without you. Man, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> what if you misinterpreted it? Uh, you know? <laughs> I'm just That's kidding. why we have you now. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um. Well, Andrew, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So uh, my name's Andrew Huang, but uh, I go by Andrew Blooms because uh, there's a YouTube musician named Andrew Huang that uh, has millions of subscribers. And so I was forced <laughs> into a stage name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, so it's funny, like when I first started, I released the song on YouTube and I had to if you type my name and the song title, I had to go like four pages deep to even get it because wow. Andrew, Andrew Wong's so big. So I was like, I'm going to, you know, choose my battle wisely here. <laughs> uh, anyway, I was so much just by the name. My name is Andrew Blooms. I am a songwriter. I'm an artist, uh, and a producer, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia. ATL. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Was there any yeah. inspiration behind Blooms? Well, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I had to pick a name cause I was, I had, was just in a band, but I wanted to try my solo stuff. And then the Andrew Huang thing was, but I, I'm like obsessed with flowers. Um, I paint them. I don't know. Something about them is just like comforting and very, I don't know. When I see them, I feel things so i think blooms was just kind of like i think i was just brainstorming like blooms it's like an act of becoming and like mm -hmm. so maybe maybe that's the name yeah well and you have some beautiful flowers behind you so it fits perfectly <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> not even mine well that's the funny thing i like flowers but i don't garden really so i just like to look at them when they yeah. appear you know appreciate their so you haven't yeah so you haven't become a plant parent during quarantine i i have i have a few plants yes okay yeah. all right and they're, they're doing fine we've had some some times but <laughs> we've made it through we made it through <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's what i what i do 
Cool. So you're your producer do you like do you have like a home studio or do you use other studios it's a mixture of both yeah i I have my own home studio it's currently in a coffee shop called gilly brew bar uh in stone mountain so i'm doing a collaborative kind of effort with them um dope community dope creative community but uh yeah my my studio is upstairs in their establishment how do you prevent the espresso machine sounds from? from uh, I just mix it in. It's part of my signature sound. Uh, well, the luckily the house it's in an old house that was built in like the 1800s, 1816, I believe. So it's pretty big. So I'm kind of tucked away in the corners of the of the house. And I think the materials, the older houses are a little more substantial. So like sound is actually not that big of an issue yeah i'd agree with that i have i'm in a an old house as well in nashville and i'm in the like my clients call it the attic i'm on the third floor uh doing music up Mm -hmm. here and then there's a studio down in the basement we never hear each other and there's like lawyers in between nobody ever complains about the sound it's awesome wow (laughs) yeah amazing (laughs) yeah something about old houses (laughs) yeah yeah they're just built different i feel like the apartments that like even Atlanta people are renting right now for like 1200 a month, you know, and everything's made of paper, essentially paper and like uh fluoresce Edison light bulb. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like Atlanta is just ridiculous right now. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Literally like where I live now is a steal, but I mean, when I was uh, trying to find apartments, I was like this, this is not, not it. This is not, <laughs> not it. it. This is not it. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. So how did you end up getting into the producing aspect of the music industry? Oh, out of necessity. So I was writing songs in high school, but, you know, you don't know. You're just a kid, so it's kind of like, am mm-hmm. I gonna re- where am I going to record these? And thankfully at that time technology it was kind of i feel like looking back it was right on the cusp of like everyone started home recording mm. so the resources are pretty available like you could get a thing for like 60 bucks and then a mic for another 60 bucks and that's what i started on it was because i wanted to record my own music and something about that process i always latched to it was just like you know just once you start it you never stop and yeah that's really where it all started what was like your first equipment that you purchased? I don't even remember what it, I think it was an M audio, but it was all plastic. It was like, I think it was called the two track M audio two track. And I was recording on a PC laptop that my mom got from work. She's a computer programmer. So they, they cycle old laptops mm. and I was on Reaper. Uh, I haven't heard that in so long. Reaper. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. I swear. (laughs) We had like the same equipment. Yeah. (laughs) It was like the starter pack. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Using my dad's computer and Audacity was my program of choice. Even worse. (laughs) Audacity. Audacity Audacity is sick. I use that as well. (laughs) I use that. I think I probably made my first recording on that actually, like even before that, but it was through like this USB mic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like a little long one that's like sits on a desktop. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That we all got from Microsyn, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the flashbacks are just like Dang. very vivid right now. <laughs> oh. So it's like, I'm guessing we're all around the same age. Like late twenties, I'm twenty eight. Yep. Mm. Same. Mm-hmm. Dang, yeah, because only <laughs> a, a, only a few niche like group would be micro center. Like that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Man. So I was just gonna ask, you know how how Ooh. has your producing and writing evolved over time, like? especially since we last featured your song. So it just in within the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Which one first, the pro- producing or the writing? Either one. Let's start with producing. Okay. Producing, I think is more 
because writing, I think I look at them differently. Producing is more about taste. Well, both, both are about taste, but I think being a producer is more like a, being a curator. And so producing, I feel like I've changed in the sense of I'm, I'm realizing right now that producing is more about listening or it has a lot more to do with listening than you once thought. Mm. And so, but with producing, you you have to put in the hours to get good, but I'm changing my philosophy right now where in the last season I just come out in life, I was producing all the time and I kind of lost track of what I wanted to produce because I, I wanted to keep that as my main source of income. So that kind of required as a freelance person, you got to say yes to everything. And I, I started to change my philosophy recently because I realized I didn't listen to music or really enjoy music anymore. Mm. And so right now I'm in a time of listening because you are realizing what you pay attention to you, you're, you absorb it. It's like, and it becomes zany as part of you. And so I'm interested in this idea of not just producing, but art is a product of your experiences. So why don't you just go live life and don't worry too much and then follow your, how your life, your producing instincts change from that point on. So I'd say producing is all about right now, listening and absorbing because I'm, I'm doing a lot of hip hop right now. And what I'm learning about is this genre in particular is you can't fake it. You cannot fake hip hop. Like I, you can more, there's more allowances in other genres to not be from the culture of that genre. Like I feel like country you could probably write country if you weren't, if you aren't country, but hip hop, I'm realizing, I was like, man, why aren't my, my, my stuff sound like this? And it's not because I don't have this like synthesizer or sampler It's because I need to broaden my experience and deepen my experience mm. of where hip hop, the culture that hip hop comes from. So listening, that's, that's how producing has really changed for me and then songwriting man this is a this question could evolve into an entire conversation but i think to put it simply when y'all did miles i was trying to communicate our, our vertical relationship so how do i relate to god and how does he relate to me this way but all the stuff I'm writing about now is actually about relationships. And I think it's like, man, getting older, you kind of, Oh, well, it's like 28. Okay. But as, as I've, you know, even since I wrote all that stuff, which was 2017, your, your pains and your worries are just a little different. Like I was kind of in a time, it was like right out of college and I lived in this very, like, I had a very insular, but really beautiful life where it was consistent community is all, it was this tight knit. And you just never think when you're in that or at that age, how much people change and how life, like in that environment, I foresaw there were a few paths one could take in life. You know, it's like, do you want to be a Christian in the church or you want to be a Christian out the church, but we're all really the same. But now it's every single person is completely different. And that causes a, that it's a, it's a challenging thing to accept and to think about. <laughs> yeah. So that's how my writing's changed. I'm really focused on, communicating what relationships are and because i think if we can figure that out we can understand more about the vertical and vice versa yeah the song that we are going to be looking at today talks about the relationship mm -hmm. um dear old friend 
things we couldn't parentheses things we couldn't change mm-hmm. um so we're gonna take a listen to that real quick and then kind of dive back into this conversation about relationships cool sound good sound all right good. cool all right well everyone we're gonna take a moment to listen to dear old friend things we couldn't change by andrew blooms Dear old friend It's been a while since we talked And since then A whole lot of time has been spent Two worlds apart That won't overlap again But now look, we all turned out just fine Kinda gave up asking why And I learned to see That life was happening There sure was worry Over nothing There sure was worry Over things we couldn't change Dear old friend There are things you couldn't ever have known Like how much it hurt to let you go I could always see The light you were made to be And now look, we are finding our way I gave up on wasting my days And I learned to be And let life keep happening Just let life keep happening There sure is worry Over nothing There sure is worry Over things Things we couldn't change Dear Old Friend, Things Have Changed by Andrew Blooms. And um, so we left off talking about relationships. So I'm curious. My my question that I jotted down was, what kind of relationship was this? Was this a relationship with the self or mm. a specific person or persons? Um, well, first of all, I'm super glad y'all chose the song because it's like, I think this is a song that will be a sleeper. Like, I don't think a lot of people will listen to this relative to the other songs so when you said we were doing this one i was like no way because it's one of my favorite ones from my recent project but the content is i i don't think it's what people really want to think about often so (laughs) including myself but yeah so it's really cool that we're talking about this one so thank you guys um so it, it is about um, relationship that is with people. So it's not, um, a letter necessary to myself, but, um, it was a process of a relationship at that time, but actually you realize, or I realized that it was about all relationships at that time for me. It was, it was, it's more about life moving on than moving on from one person. 
Mm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, but the the impetus of the idea is birthed from a uh, relationship that was so. Uh, how to describe it is kind of like, um, you know, it, like, you know, in most relationships, like let's talk about romantic relationships. I don't know y'all's history, but we're all people. So I can only guess that you might've felt this way, but you know, if, if you look back at all the relationships, stuff that you've gone through from personally, um, I look back at most of them and go, yeah, it really wasn't right to begin with. But for whatever reason in that time in your life, it just, it seemed like it. But in hindsight, you go, oh yeah, that would have never worked. But this is a person that uh, that actually isn't true for. So it's like, that is a whole other feeling itself. And so it was basically... From my, in my experience, I, I think I experienced what one would call love in that context that was so like, and this goes back to the other relationships. So many, so much of the time you have to talk yourself into doing things or to, to think a certain way be like, okay, I need to do this. Uh, but with this person, it was like, I've never felt that way before. And I, I guess I could only describe it as probably what love would feel like. Cause it was like, everything seemed like such a no brainer and it, it wasn't a product of like a surface level desire. It wasn't just like attraction or like lust or anything like that. It was for some reason, this person, I'm like, I will do anything for you. Like, and I don't have to convince myself to do so. Um, so that's where it came from. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you can, you can like really hear that in this song. And I was kind of jotting down, it, it started making me think about some of my relationships. And, and it's funny that you kind of talked about how Miles was talking about your life around that 2017, like trying to figure out mm. adult life um, and how this is like that transition you're like in a, you're adulting and in these adult relationships. And this song was so relatable to me and some of the relationships that like how you were describing, looking back and going, uh, maybe that wasn't right from the beginning. And that's kind of how I perceived it from my own experience. And um, it almost made me think about like, if I were to run into these people out at like the grocery store or something of the stage that I would be in to see these people. And for me, this song was in the stages of grief, like that acceptance mm -hmm. of this is how I was feeling. And this is how you made me feel, but that's okay. Like I've moved forward and I accept that that's what we were, but this mm -hmm. is where I am now. And it's nice to see you. I hope you're doing well and you keep moving forward. So that's kind of where my Dude. mind went <laughs> with that. Yeah, that, that's yeah. such a big step. Like, um, so that, that's what the song is really about. Like, so quick backstory about how, how it even was recorded. I wrote it. So all of March and April of 2020, I didn't really sleep. Like, because mm. I was so excited, one, about this record, two, the quarantine thing as much as like the 90% of it that really sucked, it was kind of one of the most beautiful times of my life. Like the, I remember everything down to like the weather was the best I had ever experienced where I lived. It was like this weird thing. And then this, um, this relationship with this girl was like, felt really new too. It felt like spring. And then, but I think I was intuiting on a deep level that it wasn't going to work out. And it kept me up because I was simultaneously excited about her and life, but also I think I was grieving it at the same time. 
Like, I think I was preparing to let it go. Mm. And that's why it says mm. the core is there's so much worry over nothing over things we couldn't change. And it's, it's accepting that even if say you have a falling out, even if you knew better, could you have done better? Mm. And it's, you know, mm. and maybe, and I'm all for res- taking responsibility in life, but there's a, there's a part of life to me. That's like, could we really have done any better? Like with given the information and the, the chances you had and mixed with your own ish and your own fears, could it be better? Like, and like, could it, could it be, could you do wrong or like, essentially can you escape the path that's already written for you and like what there is for your life? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote down the line, the very last line, the, I sure was worried over things that will never change. And that one was like, that hit hard. Cause I remember being in that place so many times um, of any kind of relationships, whether it was friendships or romantic or familial Mm -hmm. or whatever, of like, why was I so consumed? Like everything I did, I had these thoughts of like, well, what if we do this? What if I say that? Oh God, what did I say? You know, you're, you're kind of future and past like tripping, just stuck in those spaces, but never in that present spot of kind of just letting it be (laughs) just being. So it was it, I loved this song. I mean, it was very relatable and um, very healing mm. at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Andrew, when I first listened to this song, I like started crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but in a good way. It was just like, oh my God, I was like immediately like transported back to like friendships that have fallen out or mm. like relationships that didn't work out. Um, because it was like, like the instrumentation too, it's just like so simple and so like homey and comforting. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like a cradle, like, <laughs> like for, <laughs> for this. Yes. Um, and then like, as like yeah. the song progresses with like the lyrics, it's like, like the acceptance and surrender of like everything that's going on. Um, and again, like still being held with the music. Um, yeah, man, like this just Ooh. immediately <laughs> was like, oh, man. Yeah, it's just really real, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, that whole record, all the songs were, it was essentially one uh, brushstroke. The, the feelings were so powerful and like potent that the writing it wrote itself. Like that song, mm. I couldn't sleep. And I just, I just sat like was, I would sleep in the studio on the couch. I was, I felt like a crazy person, but it didn't matter because there was, there was no responsibilities. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. (laughs) Like (laughs) why not sleep at five or six in the morning? It didn't matter to me. And so that one I wrote and record that, that version was written and recorded in less than two hours just in the middle of the night because oh. I'm like wow. and I'm in room wow. are sleeping so that's why it's so quiet I had to like put the mic right up to my face <laughs> and you're like Billy Eilish over here <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but it's those are the the recording moments that I live for that are mm-hmm. it's it's like mm-hmm. oftentimes we think our, of ourselves as creators right but I think creative creatives are more people who make the space to tap into the truth that the world is trying to tell, like what your life is actually trying to say. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt for this record specifically, I found a groove where I could just let things be. And maybe you might have to stay up all night to, to get there, but it really wrote itself. And that's not like a singer songwriter mm-hmm. thing. Like, so just saying, I I really believe that. <laughs> like it was crazy. Like I've never experienced anything like that. So, very yeah. special though. 
to me. <laughs> just, that's why I can say it, it's special because I th- I believe it came from another part of me that's like mm. separate from the ego. Mm. I was just going to say it's interesting that um, about the mic choice and how you had to be really quiet because you were recording in the middle of the night. I thought that was intentional. I thought that was <laughs> part of the song. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was perfect for it, but it's kind of funny how those things mm. just happen and they make the song. Like how would it have sounded if you hadn't done that? You know, it may, may not have had that raw natural sound to it. And maybe it did, it would have, but um, I, I loved mm. that. I thought it was a beautiful, intentional thing. And it's nice to hear <laughs> that it was just this, like you tapped into this inspiration and just happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's we're, we're not alone in doing this. That That's what all it's like. There's something yeah. happening around you that is creating this stuff yeah. or helping you, allowing you to, um, but yeah, part of the, I, I was um, kind of saying bye to a lot of relationships too. Uh, this was at a kind of a crux in my life where I really start, started to struggle with Christianity. And with that, with all the relationships within that system, because you kind of, at least for me, you wonder, I came to a point where it's like, wait, we're all Christians, but why does our relationships have the same issues as the world, but it's actually less honest. In my opinion, it was more, it was more cryptic. It was more hidden. Everything is, you couldn't, I had a really hard time trusting people, um, especially those around me who could justify actions with faith. Because at that point, it's not really a conversation anymore. It's more, well, you know, if God said this, then to me, it's how do you challenge that in a healthy way? Or mm. I don't know. That always was very funny. It was kind of like, huh? Yeah. So th- this, that, that goes back to saying that uh, the song was started with that one relationship, but it, I was saying bye to a lot of people. And I think it was maybe a way of, of convincing myself and reminding myself that at the end of the day, it's going to be all right. You know, and it's really, we don't have to worry too much about this stuff because everyone's such a complex matrix of of stuff. And I, I view it like this. It's like, we're all icebergs. And there's like a little, we have our little tip at at the top of the surface, but we're all just floating around trying to survive. And sometimes you see another tip that you really like, and then you try to move closer and then the bottoms are hitting and you're like, you're up there going, something just isn't working. And, but with that, I think if you can view yourself and other people with that sort of grace and just kind of like, Oh, it's clumsy. Of course it will be there's a lot more grace for life and like, you know, mm-hmm. cause I hurt people too. It's, it's, it's just part of, uh, doing this <laughs> human thingy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I resonate, um, with the sentiment of having to, say goodbye to friendships or at least like recalibrate them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I, so I moved back, I'm from Atlanta, uh, but I lived in Texas for a while. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I moved back, it was kind of just like, you know, I, I grew and changed during that time um, because it was, you know, adulthood trying to figure myself out. And so like coming back um, it's like, you know, some people are still here and, um, they remember, you know, how I was when I was younger. Um, but Mm. I've grown and changed. And so, um, well, like one of my biggest concerns is moving back was like, is this going to be the same as how it was before? Mm. Um, are, are are like friendships going to have to change? Are they going to still exist? What is going to happen? Um, 
so a lot of, yeah, a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry. Um, but I think, I mean, thankfully I moved during quarantine. So like I had time to like process, um, and I'm still, I mean, still processing and still adjusting, right. but, um, yeah, like the, like Allison was talking about like acceptance, um, right. <laughs> during like when you're grieving old friendships and like yeah. life, like grieving during life changes as well. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like that's a stage I'm like slowly getting towards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, the strange and unfair yeah. discovery that you have as you go over or you grow older is, it doesn't ever stop. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's the crux I had to come to yeah. or am having to come through in my life. It's either, am I just going to go through the rest of my life embittered and, and kind of surprised that things continue to fail or do I, it's like, does the nature of life change or do I need to change? Hmm. Cause at, at one point you got to choose. It's like, you don't have to be in torment. You don't have to be bitter. And it, it's just like, I think some people, or I wouldn't even say some people, we are all tempted to think that it won't be any better next or like, what am I trying to say? I think we're tempted to try or to believe that, um, Oh my gosh, I'm like blanking, like that life will suddenly heal itself or like, Mm. okay, my next group of friends is going to be, they're not going to have any issues or my next community is going to have any drama, (laughs) but we're all the same. It's it's more a matter of, I don't know. I'm a big proponent of if you go through life and a problem follows you everywhere, after a certain point, you've got to ask yourself, what am I adding to the equation here you know and as you talk about that too it it makes the song take on this different meaning if you apply it to like a self-relationship right because there's certain things where it's things that you can never change and that might be the aspect of like external factors like maybe like you couldn't help um the spaces that you were raised in or grown up in but then as you readjust and like relocate or kind of figure out yourself and like take ownership of that journey you know what are the things that you don't have control over that you might need to let go for like your own well-being in that sense um yeah and it's and it's interesting too because allison when you started with the question (laughs) for the conversation like when i was listening through the entire project trying to figure out like what song to pick and go to i was like i don't know which one like i couldn't pick and i couldn't figure it out and then um like the little necessities that you're talking about with the recording process are where it like drew me into it. And I was like, well, can we talk about this one? Can we do this one? And like, I'm hearing yeah. and feeling like a reflection about like self relationships. And then through this conversation, the way in which there's so many nuanced understandings of it, just from your perspective. And then the way that we as mm-hmm. listeners were digesting it, like it, it gives me much deeper appreciation for the song and then like just the project mm-hmm. as a whole. So thank you for cool. sharing all of this with That's us. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. We dig into this here. <laughs> Every conversation we have is like this. Mm-hmm. It's so good, yeah. Speaking of the whole project, I mm-hmm. am very curious about your album art. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Did you make that? No, 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 no. So, okay. um, I designed the concept. So the, the whole thing is a cryptic, which I could share. I, I've been meaning to write a blog about what, what it all means, but, um, it was drawn by shout out Ariel Zotnick. Um, she goes by prosciutto baby on Instagram and she's a, she's an amazing, um, she's a creative director, but she's also an incredible artist and has done so much of my art and put up with my nitpicky over the years. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, um, the four album covers outline the process of accepting your life 
because it shows two of me. If you kind of look closer, there are yeah. drawings of me. And one of them is um, walking by. And it's basically the invitation from the self to, hey, spend some time here and let's grow a relationship amongst ourselves. And if you, if you look closely, it's they plant a seed and then they have to wait for a really long time. And that signifies my struggles and any, anyone's struggles, I would guess of not liking themselves and wishing, wishing they were somewhere else, wishing they were somebody else had a different life. Cause you kind of, we do that. We sit there and kind of look at the watch and go, okay, like I should be better by now. I should be this. I should have this. I should have this in life. I should have achieved this, but something about my season of life is I'm, I'm just doing the best I can to accept me. And that's what the last, the last album is they embrace as this little, this little bud appears. And it's, that's the kind of grace that I want to allow myself in life is just like, you know, you can be proud of some of the things that you've chosen and, and stuck to. And that's not at all a bad thing, you know? Mm. But that's what it's all about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like looking at it now. It's on my screen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just looking at all the different symbols in the arc around you two embracing each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. One of my favorites, the the most symbolic one, or they're all kind of symbolic in in their own way, but the fortune tellers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's also very like our age thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you color, do you remember coloring the squares? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Man, yeah. But th- that whole image is like, um, it's what my life feels like right now. It just feels like there, someone's doing the thing in front of me and you just choose. That's all you can do is just choose the next one. But what's happened with those, you never really knew what you were choosing. You just, it didn't matter. It's one, two, three or four. Right. So I, th- I think in some ways, you know, big decisions, you have to think through things, but in some ways I still think life kind of circles back to that principle of why'd you choose three instead of four? It's, it's, it, it, sometimes it feels that arbitrary because you don't know anything till you do it. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that, that's just how life feels to me right now. Every day is just another yeah but ariel killed she she is such a talented illustrator i love her drawings mm. yeah these are beautiful yeah yeah so the album name is 987 mm-hmm. and is that like an area code or what is that? That is not an <laughs> area code. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's, uh, okay. It's, uh, it's the address of the house that I had my studio in for the last two years. Um, yeah. Awesome. But I also chose it because of the, is a countdown theme. Like um, I knew my life was about to change and I, you know, you feel some seasons in life where you know it's about to end. Mm-hmm. you know we're, and, and you, you're tempted to move on but part of you is kind of like dude you better just soak up this as much as you can that's what part of me knows is about is kind of like man life will get harder so mm-hmm. just don't just enjoy today enjoy your health and your friends and yeah there's awkward stuff you're not, you're not getting everything you want but you're getting a lot of what you want. <laughs> so, yeah, it was the countdown. You always feel that nice. like when you got to move awesome. on, you know, it's 
like stuff doesn't really fit in anymore. You go to things or you have certain conversations. You're like, Oh, I'm way different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. 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 I did want to say, so at the very beginning, the, the guitar intro, when I was listening to it the second time, the descending line sounded like turning pages of a book. And so I thought that was really interesting when I had like listened to it for a second mm. time. Um, I really started like getting the message of this is like about moving forward and accepting where you are mm. and, and all of that. And so I thought it was kind of fun that I was like, oh, this sounds like when you're turning a page in a book. Cool. <laughs> um, so that was just kind of my little <laughs> musical fun thing that I noticed. Cool. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Wow. I did not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice like just how like the harmonies would like come in and out kind of like like a relationship that's ending, you know, it's like you've got like you like the main person and mm-hmm. then like in and out is like the harmonies. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah you made a comment about it being um like a singular brushstroke and listening through it like the way you programmed everything it really it like it flows so beautifully together <laughs> like i and like you know on different platforms they have the issues where like streaming ones there may be like a little bit of a gap or something in between it which is always slightly concerning but even still like listening to it like on spotify like there wasn't it, it felt so smooth and connected and like I was following a story the entire mm-hmm. time and it was mm. yeah just like perfect in that mm. sense like i feel like i haven't heard like programming that in a really long time for like on a cool. regular project yeah heck yeah um well andrew do you have any anything you want to promote or share with our listeners like any projects or any shows coming up or anything else man not anytime soon. I'm working on a deluxe version of 987 currently because there are some songs that are very, they're deep bombs, but I never finished them. So I want to do a, a deluxe. It'll probably be three, three more songs. Kind of like that dives a little deeper into all this. And like after even I processed a year later. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. If you guys are kind of like vibing with 987 already, um, it might be something you're interested in. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for spending time with us and chatting with us about your song and your record. Um, Maybe I'll see you around Atlanta. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, Andrew. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Thank, thank you all for having me. I, I really enjoyed getting to talk. And, yeah. So after that conversation we had with Andrew to learn more about the process and the meaning behind the song, as well as the entire record, what has that brought to mind for you guys clinically for me it really has me thinking about the importance or just the impact of who brings in songs to sessions um you know if i was working with someone and they brought in the song i feel like that would really like their perspe- their perception of it really inform like the work that we're gonna do or how we navigate the space musically if we were to use a song like this. Um, but also at the same time, if I were to bring in a song like this and, or just any song in general and not know like the deep backstory or the meaning of it and just like hear it, think, oh, this is relevant, you know, do like the bare minimum essentially and just like finding the lyrics, listening to it while reading the lyrics and like going in with it. It's like, we're going to use this song today. Um, Like what that actually means, the implications of that. And, you know, it it just really shows Mm -hmm. that like we have to learn about the music (laughs) 
that is being played, being used, um, just the music that is happening in sessions and the importance of what that means for us to bring that stuff in, how that shifts and impacts the whole space and the experience in music therapy. Um, so yeah, I think like really hearing his narrative about it and knowing more, it just just goes to show like there is so much that we should be able to learn and be willing to learn about the songs or in music in general that mm. is being, you know, just present in all of our sessions. Yeah, and that same conversation got me thinking about the importance of the individual narrative and creating art for art's sake and being respectful of that process and that, yeah, it's really wonderful when you can, um, when you can bring in songs as a therapist and clients can bring in songs for themselves that we all resonate with, but that sometimes it's nice to take a song and listen to it and just take it in and not feel like we have to turn it into an intervention that sometimes you can get some really wonderful inspiration for the self. And maybe that leads to something that you'd bring to your clients or that if a client shares something with you that maybe you can help them kind of develop their own narrative. You know, there's some really wonderful themes in this particular song that maybe you'll pull from this. And like, for instance, acceptance was one that I wrote down and like start thinking about what can I do with the word acceptance musically and lyrically and um, maybe coming up with writing prompts. I know some of my group clients love having like a writing prompt. And so maybe that could be the title of the song, Dear Old Friend, or maybe you could change that for yourself or just using a theme from the song. So sometimes it's nice to just appreciate the art for what it is and take, take what you will with it and from it and uh, create create something for the self. Maybe this isn't something that you would use in session and maybe it is, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's important that we all create our own narratives too and like encourage our clients to do that. And I know that's something that um, I've been trying to do more with my uh, adult clients of like journaling um, and writing for themselves outside of my time with them um, and writing their own stories and the importance of that and how often we don't get that time as adults. Um, so that's kind of where, where my mind was with that, that maybe this is something you just enjoy. Mm. Yeah. Going off of the encouraging clients to, you know, explore and create their own narratives. I think also within that, um, as a therapist, not only accepting those narratives, um, but kind of like letting go of control of how those narratives are shaped musically. Um, mm -hmm. Because I feel like, you know, we're trained, you know, classically and like we have these ideas of what like songs should sound like and like song form and like me using a lot of songwriting like I I mean I know forms front and back you know and then like um like oh we should rhyme here let's rhyme this word or let's put this chord here maybe this will sound different or oh you know you brought in this song that you're writing let's let's uh add some percussion to it because it just needs more bass. Does it need, does it need that rhythm? Does it need that bass? Like, um, and so something I've had to grow in um, recently is just kind of accepting the songs that my clients are bringing in and presenting to me, even if it's not, you know, your AABA form or like it's not uh, a consistent tempo that you can play to a click track the whole time. Um, yeah. It's interesting, like hearing that perspective compared to um, our previous conversation we had, like after Lowe's recording, um, <clears throat> when it came to like, how do you know when <laughs> 
enough is enough or like when the song is like complete essentially and that in addition to just the diversity of communication and being able to like work with so many different people like i think it's really important to honor like what is done for their, our clients and like the folks we're working with because like you said it's their narratives and i think we do get really caught up in it especially if there are aspects that you know maybe a little bit more americanized i'm putting air quotes around that um with like community aspects where it's like oh we're going to perform this or we're going to share it and like all those things out there like there's a desire to make it palatable to like a larger audience when the reality is that these are stories and narratives that they want to share and they're willing to put out there and it's more important that it's authentic and genuine to their perspectives than it being palatable to a wider audience Hmm. And it's funny you mentioned that it's a conversation I've had quite a bit with some of my clients who have wanted to approach writing their story, but are so, um, they're so afraid to even try because they feel like it has Mm -hmm. to be a product. And so I always bring out the process, not a product talk and how it's going to be what you want it to be it's not gonna be a mainstream pop song it may be but if you don't want it to be it doesn't have to be and it's just about the process of telling your story and creating something that you want to create and at that moment in time that's where the music led you or you led the music and um it's it's just interesting you bring that up because i feel like it's a common theme that's coming up a lot in session of just be, <laughs> just try. And, uh, and sometimes it takes a little bit to get into that try, but um, it's, yeah, it's interesting. There's just a, this pressure around it, around the word songwriting um, that I think uh, uh, at least a lot of my clients have been like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you share one of your songs? No, 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 no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I think within that, um, the, the fear of like writing a song is, I mean, yeah, a song has a lot of elements to it. So yeah. uh, one thing that I've been trying to do with my clients is like breaking down certain elements. So like, let's, play and make it presented in like a fun way. So let's play this game where like we rhyme things, you know, and that's not writing a whole song, but it's just like, let's rhyme stuff and put it over like a loop or something really quick. Um, Or like, let's write a chorus to something. That's it, you know? Um, So just like breaking it down to, just less um, daunting tasks. And it doesn't have to be all connected. It's not like, oh, we're gonna write the chorus today and then we're gonna write the verse tomorrow. But it's just like getting familiar with telling your narrative in this medium, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It also makes me think on like the flip side about knowing when not to do songwriting or like (laughs) the importance of being like songs capture so much, they communicate so much. There's a lot of different elements that go into that. And Mm -hmm. depending on what the topics can be, like having an actual song can potentially be like really re-traumatizing to people because it means you have to go back and visit that moment and like and and like and may and catharsis is an important thing i i don't want to like knock that experience at all um and at the same time i think it's important to know that sometimes we don't have to keep mementos of things if we don't need to um so 
Yeah, I mean, like we talk about cool things all the time. I think this is something that happens too, especially with students and like new professionals. Like when you can go to a conference and you learn something new, you, know, you get really excited to try out these new things. But it's also really important to understand that like yeah. not everything needs to be used. Not everything is supposed to be used. And being able to really have an honest like conversation or just personal appraisal before even presenting these things is really important too. Yeah. Having that honest, open dialogue with your client is, and just knowing them. I mean, that's why we have the assessment and it's so important, like you said, for our, our students and new professionals, like music sometimes because it of the way that we are touched by it and the way that it's processed in our mind and body sometimes um the process of making or listening or writing like you said can be traumatizing and um i i think about my clients who are musicians and that have a lot of negative associations around all different forms of making music or listening to music and so sometimes it winds up being sitting and talking and working baby steps working towards being able to do whatever Mm -hmm. it is that we wind up deciding to do but always having that open dialogue with your client of what do you need today what would be helpful and allowing them to say when it's becoming too much and that they need to step back so yeah I'm glad you brought that up Grant that's that's a really good point yeah I mean I I agree with that because as much as You know, we talk about like Mm -hmm. music being there for us and sitting with us and helping us express our emotions. I mean, that, yeah, the other side to the other end of that is like, it's just, it's so powerful that it can, it can be harmful or it can be triggering. Um, So, yeah, having those having that communication and like understanding your client enough to see or to perceive when maybe this isn't the best um, approach to use um, or even like, you know, when you just need to just sit there and like not have music. And in knowing when not to use music, um, just like holding space and respecting your client's process in disclosing whatever they need to disclose or, or, or working through whatever they're working through. Like, I mean, we all agreed with Andrew when we were talking about, you know, we've been through ends of relationships. And so, I mean, us as humans, like we all process it in different ways. You know, there's times where we just need to sit with it and be quiet and not talk about it and work through it ourselves. And then there's times when we're okay to, you know, finally talk about it and share with others about what we're going through. So in related to music therapy, yeah, there are times when we might not need to use music and respect that. Um, and just hold space until whoever you're working with is ready to maybe improvise about it or ready to write a song about it. Um, yeah, so just understanding and um, building that relationship with your client to be able to communicate that and know what they need. And now, without further ado, we're going to sign off by listening to Dear Old Friend, Things We Couldn't Change by Andrew Blooms. Enjoy! Dear old friend, it's been a while since we talked and since then A whole lot of time has been spent Two worlds apart That won't overlap again But now look, we all turned out just fine Kinda gave up asking why 
And I learned to see that life was happening. There sure was worry over nothing. There sure was worry over things. We couldn't change Dear old friend There are things you couldn't ever have known Like how much it hurt to let you go I could always see The light you were made to be now look, we are finding our way I gave up on wasting my days And I learned to be And let life keep happening Just let life keep happening There sure is worry Nothing There sure is worry Over things Things we couldn't change There sure is worry over things, things will never change.